Hey everybody, it's your Dutch friend Jan and you're listening to the Creative Smarts Podcast. This is episode number 161, I think. I need to check. Guys, today's a special episode because it's 4.30am. I'm sitting here in my hotel room in LA with a phone in my hand. Yes, I'm recording this on my phone this time. And whenever I come to LA, like the first few days are always so difficult because of this huge jet lag. We have like a nine hour time difference. Um, so I couldn't sleep and I was like, you know what, I'm going to record a podcast episode. I'm going to give, uh, I'm going to give you guys an, an idea. I'm going to share the lessons that we learned on our uh, mastermind retreats in Morocco last week. All right. First of all, I'm here in LA for Vit Summit. Um, my dear friend slash partner in crime, uh, Ari Smith, AKA Sharma NYC on YouTube, um, is going to join me here and we're going we're gonna to visit this conference where the biggest YouTubers in the world come together and, um, well, learn from each other and network, I guess. So that's why we're here. Um, so I will probably talk about my experience at this event on the next episode, right? But for now, today, we're going to focus on everything that happened in Morocco. This is the Create Your Smarts podcast, the number one podcast where you will learn to leverage your online following to build a smart and future-proof education business. I'm your host, Jan. All right, so for those of you who don't know what a mastermind retreat is, all right, I'm going to tell you once more. <laughs> um... Once per year, Oli and I bring together a group of YouTube creators in the education space and we spend a few days together networking, learning from each other in a tropical location somewhere in Europe. In the previous years, we've done it in Tenerife, uh, Spain. We did it in Split, Croatia and then in Crete, Greece. This year, we went to Morocco and... You know, for me, as the one who organizes most of the event, it's, it's always kind of, it's always a bit stressful because I never scout the locations. I never go there in advance, right? So I go to Airbnb or I just do a Google search for big villas somewhere in Europe. And uh, I noticed that they have huge, like usually we need a 12, 13, 14 bedroom villa for these events, right? And there's almost nothing that you can find on the internet. But in Morocco especially around the uh, in the Marrakesh area, you have actually quite a few options. So we saw all this villa and it's like, yeah, it's Morocco. You know, it's a bit far. Um, like we don't know if the food is going to be good. Uh, we have some female travelers who were a bit concerned of coming to North, North Africa by themselves. But we were like, you know what, we're going to book this villa. Um, so we booked it and the pictures look, look great. But are the pictures as good as you know? Are they are they honest? Like the things that they are saying on Airbnb doesn't match the reality. So I took a plane, flew to Morocco. This was one day early on the Saturday, and uh, there was a driver there who was waiting for me to uh, to pick me up. And obviously, oh well, not obviously, but he didn't speak. English, of course, so I got to use my French again, and he brought me to the villa, and then all of a sudden I was, and I entered this villa, it was like a huge lobby, which really looked like a palace, 
and it came with like a, a 20 meter swimming pool um yeah this was so big it's like one of those hollywood mansions that you see on uh, on mdv i guess <laughs> like a pop star could live there but this was in morocco so as i was just spending time by myself on that saturday um first i felt really excited about all the space and all the luxury and you know having four four man staff like two cleaning uh we had like two chefs and it was like a security guard and a manager at first i was like wow wouldn't it be crazy have a place place like this um i felt like uh i guess like a celebrity as you could see on my instagram stories if you follow me on instagram so yeah maybe follow me on instagram just look for my name jan van der a one um anyway as i was sitting there i was i was thinking this is really cool to own a place like this but at the same time it's also really shit to have all this stuff and to be alone <laughs> to be alone to have so much so much space wasted and this reminded me of a conversation that i used to have with um with a person who um is is a friend but he he's in his mid 50s and uh, he's done well in life uh, lives in hong kong and he always said like young you know flying business and going to all to fancy restaurants doing all the stuff is fun and you need to do it at least once but what actually matters way more is whom you're sharing the experience with and yeah i felt i felt the same thing so i was really happy that ollie was joining me later that evening uh, we picked him up from the airport at like midnight we came back ollie wanted a beer there was no beer at the villa <laughs> so instead we drank a bottle of water we went to bed and then the next day all the participants arrived and that was really cool um so these were all guys and girls who create youtube videos in your education space most of them um teach languages because again we have a background in languages right but we're also really happy to welcome um some of uh yeah some of the guys who were doing something differently so we had alan for example who teaches um who teaches his audience how to play classical guitars and then we had um we had joe franco there as well joe has her own netflix show <laughs> um and um she has a youtube channel where she talks about all kinds of things really like personal development finance but also journaling uh, she has her own journaling club so it was really cool to have that variety of people some of them were just getting started business-wise but did have a few hundred thousand followers on instagram for example and then we also had some more established uh, business owners who also create youtube videos right so he and the guys who do like one one two three million per year in revenue um and you know the success of these events always depends on the chemistry of the group does the group get along well that's really important and we never know in advance so we always have to wait and just see right and now what i notice is that this is the first time that we're doing these events and the groups have always been amazing i'm not really sure why that is i think it's probably something like if you listen to this podcast and you like what we talk about then you're probably gonna get along well with 
all the people who also listen to listen to this content and also like it or if you have a personal relationship with either me and ollie then it's very likely that you're also going to like all the people who have that relationship and who are attracted by the things that we talk about here that's probably what happens although um yeah we, we do it kind of unconsciously but the group was great get along very well so let me just share with you what we did during the event and at the end I will also share some of the things that I learned, okay? So on the Monday, and this is the day where we do most of the hard work, where probably most of the most interesting conversations happen. Um, so everybody, like every every business owner, some of them actually brought their partners. So every business... Um, got about 30 minutes of time to present a problem or a challenge that they were facing in their business. And then the other participants was about the 15, uh, uh, the 15 of us in total. They, they then got the opportunity to give input. So people ask questions like, let me see, I have my notes here. Um, yeah, so some of the questions were like, we are creating new courses. Should we launch them all at once or launch them one by one? And then there was a person here who had like a business was going very well, but he actually noticed that there was a problem in his core team. Um, he needed to replace somebody in his business. Or that was that was actually the question. It was like, okay, I'm working with this person. This person is great. He's very skilled, works very hard. But there's something about it that that's that's wrong and it's actually becoming problematic in the business now should i get rid of this employee or not and then if yes and how how do we do that so we talked about that um uh, lots of questions about how to organize course ecosystems right so you have an audience they want to learn from me what course do you create or what courses do you create and then in what order do you sell them um how do you organize your sales funnels um, a person here got to like six figures in revenue and she was like very happy with where she's at and she was okay how do I how do I get to seven <laughs> so I guess that's the most like a, a typical question here right it's like okay how the question essentially is how do you build how do you build a business but we came up with some really interesting ideas um how to find a good community manager, how to run a challenge, um, somebody who spotted like a B2B opportunity within their business. So we explored that. Um, and then this was also an interesting conversation. So it was with somebody who who hadn't quite found the traction yet. Um, basically started out blogging, created really high quality content. Um, and his blog was getting some traction. But... Actually, no, his blog was not getting enough traction. He's getting some traffic, but we, we, nothing that we can call traction, right? And then he was like, okay, what what should I do? I already have all the courses. They are converting, but I just don't have enough traffic. Shall I just keep doing what I was doing? And then some people were saying like, yeah, you know what? Um, why not? You already have all this great content. Why not You know, optimize your SEO? Uh, maybe hire content writers. And um, just make sure that you nail your SEO. And then I was like, yeah, they're not bad advice. But, you know, if you're trying to grow something that's not growing, it's just really hard to, well, to grow something that's not growing. It means that you need to look for signals of traction. And if you don't see 
the signals of traction, you might need to pivot. So I said, what about instead of continuing to create blog posts, why not try TikTok? You know, or short form content that you can then upload on on the existing YouTube channel because the guy already had a YouTube channel, um, but also on other platforms like Instagram Reels or TikTok. So we we came up with with lots of interesting ideas, and uh, yeah, let's see whether let's see if he's gonna do it, <laughs> because um, I mean we have had this at Creator Smarts at the beginning, right? It's okay, we're doing we're doing. People like the podcast. Some things are working. Some things are not working. So, yeah, yeah. If you're not having that, you know, if you're putting in the work you've been doing for something for over a year, and just missing the traction, you need to make a pivot. So that was an interesting discussion. Um, so yeah, those were the kinds of topics that we uh, that we talked about. Um, and then on Tuesday, Ollie gave a presentation on. Uh, was it about email marketing? How do you write a welcome sequence? How do you write an email sequence? How do you structure your funnels? Because we noticed that there were lots of questions around this on Monday. Um, so we used those sessions to answer the questions that people had. Um, then people worked on the same... Uh, there were some strategy sessions in smaller groups on the Tuesday afternoon... Um, sorry, on Tuesday morning and then in the afternoon people had time to work and it was just this really nice vibe where we were sitting in this huge villa some people were hanging in a pool and everybody was on their laptops and getting work done this was like next level co-working really everybody was sitting there in the, the swimwear um, it was really chill a really chill vibe and then on Wednesday and this was actually one of the highlights of the trip I think we we took a day trip and the idea is that some of the best conversations happen when you're not actively working on something you know when you're just hanging out um bonding with the group i guess and um yeah that's sometimes when some of the most interesting conversations happen so in the morning they came to pick us up at like 10 a.m i think so after we had breakfast we went to to uh, downtown Marrakesh to the souk. It's like the um, the big market and the uh, the old town, right? And we had a we had a guide. Um, this was like a person in his I guess his early sixties, like high authority person, high self esteem. <laughs> um, welcome guys welcome to marrakesh and today we're gonna do this and a very prime a very proud man um but not for long because here's what happened he showed us around the the souk and actually i noticed from the beginning that he was kind of in a hurry and i didn't really understand because we had two hours planned for the guy that too and he was walking so fast um the group could hardly keep could hardly keep up with him and um so he walks us around the souk and very soon, this was like within the first. First, he showed us like the, the the big mosque, and he gave us some background information of you know the history of that mosque. And then, like ten minutes later, we started walking around the souk, and he suggests we enter. Like he <laughs> he basically lures lures us us into this this carpet shop. And the moment I entered that carpet shop, I knew that things were wrong and 
I looked at the group and everybody was very happy, you know, because we entered this, this carpet shop or this, uh, this place where they were selling rugs. And it looked beautiful from the inside. It was like they, they had this huge room, um, like a, it looked like a traditional Arab house um, with like carpets all around on the floor and on the, on the walls. And it was a really nice place to take pictures. So people took out their phones and started making Instagram, Instagram shorts and taking selfies and everybody was really happy. And then this guy stood up was like the owner i guess this was like a huge a huge arab guy like taller than me like two meters at least and he start he put on the show welcome to my welcome to this yeah he didn't call it a shop of course welcome to this traditional arab house and it's now time to go for a break and you guys are all gonna get a tea and you want standard tea or do you want real moroccan tea with extra loads of sugar and you know he started putting on the show and i knew where this was going because you know i've for those of you who don't know me i've been to 103 countries like i spent most of my 20s traveling to well all around the world basically and also spent quite a bit of time in arab countries i actually did spend three months in morocco about six years ago or something um, but also when I was younger, like when I was 16, I remember once going to Tunisia with my parents and the exact exact same, same thing happened. We, we had a guide who wanted to show us town for free, of course. And then they bring you to this carpet shop where they give you this presentation and where they just start, you know, first they give you a bit of background information about the place, about the history and then they, sh- they they start showing you all these rugs and they start piling them up. And there is like this guy who's like <laughs> giving the performance, who's like giving the show. And then there is like 10 people, assistants, who are rolling out all these carpets, piling them up. And they continue for like an hour. And then they start asking you questions like, okay, so which one do you like? Which one do you like? Okay, how much will you be willing to pay for it? You know, yeah, I will sell you it for... And then you get like this, first of all, you lose an hour of your time. And then at the end, they come with like this high pressure pressure sales pitch. And you're sitting there. Um, the guy gave you the show, right? The performance. You drank that tea. There's like all these assistants who worked really hard. And you're sitting there and you start feeling guilty, right? It's like, okay, I own something. I need to buy something from them. Let me just buy a car. But that's what happened to most tourists who end up at the carpet scam. You can look at the carpet shop scam. You can look it up on Google, actually. It's a very it's a very popular scam. So I was sitting there. Again, like the group was very happy. Everybody was taking selfies. Everybody was excited. I was like, I want to get the hell out of here right now. So after two minutes, I stood up and I went searching for the guide. But he left. So there was only one... <laughs> <laughs> there was only one solution. I entered that that house, that room again, <laughs> and while the the guy was giving that presentation, I interrupted him and said, "Excuse me." I said, uh, "Just to make clear, are you are you planning to sell us these carpets? Like, are you going to give a, a sales pitch?" And then he said, "Yes." Um, but, uh, you know, uh, I'm just doing my presentation here. Uh, c- can I continue, please? I said, well, yeah, you can continue. But, you know, 
just to let you know that we didn't come here to to buy carpets um and then he was like yeah yeah okay so <laughs> i i took a seat again and the guy continued for another two minutes and then he was like all right guys that was it that was the presentation for now enjoy your day and <laughs> and yeah he knew that okay we were not going to buy anything at least i made it clear right and there's lots of marketing lessons to be learned from this and i had a conversation with Ollie and um and a few other participants afterwards and so what you know we were analyzing the situation here so okay how does this scam work and again this is a scam right this is not this is not proper marketing so what were some of the marketing elements here that worked and what what make it a scam or what make it something that doesn't work and i think the main principle here is they bring you they bring you in the shop and they give you the presentation and they give you the tea that's basically the freebie right the lean magnet trying to create some goodwill the mistake that they make all right, so no, wait, here's the first thing. So they, they give you the freebie, then they tell you the story, right? Because things become more valuable if it has a story. Like they give you all the, the history of the place and how the carpets are being made, how many man hours go into it. They, they sell you the story. And then they ask you questions like, what do you think? Here, feel the carpet. Which one do you like? Right? So they're trying to identify what you like and then if you say i like this one then they come with a sales pitch well we didn't wait until the sales pitch this time now the the problem with that approach is that they don't qualify the leads they brought in 15 people who were not interested in building uh, sorry in building they brought in 15 people who were not interested in buying a carpet or a rug <laughs> that was the mistakes they make um, but they don't care because they know that if they keep increasing the pressure eventually people don't don't dare to say no and they just buy right well that's something that happened to me before and uh, fortunately i i cut <laughs> i jumped in before they were um able to to finish that the speech the show and uh, and pitch us because if i hadn't done that then i'm sure that we uh, we, we would we would we would have ended up in a situation where where there was even more at stake for them because they lost even more time, right? Um, in the afternoon, we went to the desert. We rode camels and we drove quad, quads, which was cool. Um, people really loved it. Um, we saw the sunset like while driving the quads. We stopped on the on the top of a of a dune, I guess, and uh, we took some pictures there. The evening we had dinner in the desert around the campfire. That was was an amazing experience. Um, yeah, a Thursday, Joe Franco gave a session on on journaling. Actually, something that you know when I hear the word journaling, for me it's a bit too fluffy. But I actually got something out of it. So Joe, if you're listening to the podcast, thank you so much. Um, because you know part of journaling is asking yourself questions like uh, let me just give you because i have my notes here as well right so yeah this was an interesting one like how did i shock myself how did i shock myself last week on last year right and is is that something that i could do more often or 
Yeah, this, this one is also a good one. Like, what are the top three problems in your business? Can you change them? If yes, how? And if you can't change them, can you change your perspective? And I think that this is actually, like, this is, this is really how you grow a business. Because, ma- okay, so here, masterclass, <laughs> how to grow a business one-on-one. Number one. You identify the constraints of your business, your bottleneck, and then you fix it. That's how you make progress. And that's essentially what this question was. Um, So got some new insights there. That was interesting. Then I gave a presentation about pricing because people always, like people always ask this question, like for how how much should we sell our course for? How do you come up with pricing? Should we do split testing? I actually, um, I demonstrated a different way to uh, find the ideal price. It's called the Van Westerdorp pricing strategy or pricing model. You can Google it. Um, And we did that for the survey. So we actually asked people, the participants, four questions. First is, what would make this event ridiculously cheap? Like so cheap that it couldn't be any good. Um, the second question, what would make it, this event cheap, but it would sign up? It's like a no-brainer. What would make it expensive? So where would you, at what price points would you think by, by yourself? Huh, not sure. I need some extra time. I need to think about it. And then at what price point would you think, wait, this is way too expensive for this event. I'm never going to sign up. Um, that's um, And then basically when you analyze the data properly, you can then figure out what the ideal price price range, I should say, for the thing that you're going to try to sell, that you're trying to sell is. Again, it's called the Von Westerdorp Pricing Survey. Um, yeah. And then in the afternoon, we had some more sessions. People had time to do video collaborations, um, do some co-working, check out what was on Friday. So guys, that's it for today. As I said, I'm here at VidSummit. The biggest creators in the world are going to be speaking here today. Are going to be networking here. Are going to be hanging out. So trying to be part of that. And uh, I will give you an update next week about yeah what people talked about here and uh, what my takeaways were from this event. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. Ciao, ciao. All right, that was it for today. I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. And if you want more, then please give this podcast a positive review in, well, wherever you're listening to this podcast. And if you want to learn more about what we do and how we can maybe help you growing your creator business, then make sure to go to creatorsmarts.com. Ciao.